0: You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church, Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. This is where Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in, whatever you bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. what I understood was that there are keys which we believers must have. And you need these keys for you to operate in the kingdom. And the man of God highlighted the the keys. One of the keys was that he says it's knowledge. You need knowledge as a key. The second key, which he highlighted, was um, you need godly passion. And he says, you know, with godly passion, you can't achieve anything without godly passion in the kingdom. And he says, even the kingdom of this world, they have people with passion who achieve things because they have passion. And uh, a lot of us, as Christians, sometimes we like this passion, and we get so casual because we don't have passion. The, he says the lesbians and the gay, the gay parade, you know those people get so much passion in what they do that they go out in the streets and um, put their statement out. But we are laid back and we don't. Our point across. How can we, how can the kingdom advance if we don't do that? We need godly passion. The third point, which um, stuck with me as a key, where he says one of the keys to possessing the kingdom is um, sacrificial, selfless giving. He says sacrificial, selfless giving is one of the keys to possessing the kingdom. The, he says to us that um, when we give, sacrificial giving, when we give, it's not just a contribution. It's not a donation. But it says when we give in the spirit, this is a transaction. This is a transaction. And I was thinking and saying, when a transaction happens in the spirit, because of what you have done in the natural, it has got so much far-reaching implications because this is a transaction where... Territory is gained. This is how we gain territory. Um, How do we know that giving is a spiritual transaction? He says, the first murder on earth happened because of giving. It It was because of an offering. It was because of an offering that in the spirit realm, things began to move. The devil was upset with this. The enemy was upset because of an offering. And because there was transaction going on, there was territory being taken because of those selfless giving. What I also understood was that in the kingdom, giving is not need-driven. In other words, you don't give because there is a need, but you give because of honor, because you honor um, if we go back to that Cain and Abel, There was no need which was there ever offered because of respect, because of honor. And he offered his best. And if we wait for for needs to be patched up, for us to be able to be putting out fires, it is not sacrificial giving, which is the transactions in the spirit um, this is how Cain made um, his brother. So, in the kingdom, um, lots, many of us wait until we, we have been asked for. If someone asks for it, then we will give. But in the world, we also have people who are so generous, who are not in the kingdom. But they give. You know, they give to such an extent that it embarrass some of us who have a kingdom mentality. They, have, they give to causes which you would say, but what kind of cause is this? You, when people talk about rhinos, when people talk about rhinos, you, you, they get so passionate about it, and you say, what cause is this? People talk about global warming, they want to give so that the earth does not get warm. And they put millions and millions of money into these causes because they believe in those causes. And but people who have got a kingdom mentality need to be able to know that they are working on a higher cause than rhinos. And if you're going to give, you're have to do better than people who are giving to global warming. Which is something I have something to say, but I won't say it now. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Many times, if we have not seen clearly with our own eyes or in our spirit, if you don't know it, if you don't see it clearly, you will not give. If the objective or you you need to see something clearly, Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. We learned that the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is the same thing, isn't it? He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for, for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like the merchant seeking Beautiful pearls, who, when he has found one, one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and brought it, and and bought it. So many times, if you can see clearly what you want, you are able to make decisions. This is a merchant who is looking for pearls and found one wonderful pearl. And this is a great pearl. He goes up and sells everything that he has to get this one. Another one says he went to buy the whole field. He just says this is where the pearl is. He went to buy the field. If you don't see clearly in the spirit about the kingdom of God, you will not be able to give. You will not be able to give, but because if you see it clearly, if you see the kingdom well, you will give everything. Everything about yourself, about your life, if you see it clearly. So, the prayer is that may we be able to see. May we be able to see clearly the kingdom. Because if you see it, you are going to be able to give up everything. And get this great pearl. John chapter six, verse one is a parable which I particularly like. John chapter six. We'll read up to verse thirteen. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. Jesus went up the mountain where he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming toward him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place so the men sat down in numbers about 5000 Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise the fish as much as they wanted So when they had filled when they were filled he said to his disciples gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost Therefore, they gathered up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. I particularly like this um, this piece of scripture, the, the miracle of feeding 5,000. Because there is a number of truths which, which, which I, I pick from this. this is one scripture, this is one miracle which appears in all the four Gospels. And I I was saying, I put myself in the shoes of the disciples and I said, this must have been a very um, interesting time because this happened in front of a lot of people. You know, some miracles which Jesus did were in front of a few people. This was an audience of like a stadium. And Jesus asked Philip and say, what can we do? What are we going to do? Where can we buy bread to feed these people? Many times Jesus comes across as a suggestion when he is giving instructions. And sometimes he's not so forceful. Jesus had been working miracles. They had seen the signs and wonders which Jesus was doing. He had healed the sick. And now, um, at the end of a long session, he had been teaching. Jesus says, um, I think the disciples were saying, Ah, now we have seen the, the church is over now. We, let's wind up. Send these people out. Into, to go find food. You've been preaching for too long now, Jesus. I think it's time to to, to to wind up. Can you say the benediction now? And let's go. And Jesus starts by saying, now he starts something new. He says, where can we find um, bread? Can you go to that scripture? I think, um, what verse is it? Where Jesus is talking to Philip. Yes. Verse 5, he says, Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming toward him. He he said to Philip, where shall we find bread that these may eat? And Jesus is saying, where shall we find bread? In other words, he's actually telling that we want to feed these people. And they thought, but you've done the miracles, but it's enough, it's enough now. Let's wind off and let people go. And Jesus is about to start something new. Um, but it comes as a suggestion. It comes as a suggestion. And, but what I particularly like about this is Jesus is not saying to them, you must do it. He says, where shall we buy? He is including himself in this. So when Jesus gives his instructions, it's not only you to do something. He says, where shall we He is including himself in it. Philip got stunned. He says, the next verse. But Jesus was just testing him. Go to the next verse. Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have just a little. I think Jesus was trying to find out what can they come up with? He knew what he was going to do, but he was testing him. And many times when Jesus suggests some things, he is testing us. He is testing us in different areas. In this particular time, he was testing about giving. Philip says, there's no way we can do this. There is no way we can do this. Um... Two hundred dinari was something like eight months' salary. Of an hour, eight month salary, put it together is not enough. He says that oh, this is not we can't do this. So many times we get a suggestion: Can we get a building project? Can we find accommodation for the church? How much does it cost? Fifteen million. And when you get that, you say, there's no way you can do this. There's no way we can do this. Even if we put our salaries together. It's not going to do it. This is Philip. Philip says, ah, there's no way. This is 5,000 men which are, we're not counting the women. And we know women eat the most. So, it's not going to work. So, this is Jesus testing and saying, what are you going to do? He's, according to Philip, this is an, we can't do this. It's, it's over. We can't do it. Let's forget about it. But Jesus was testing him. The next verse, Andrew steps up. Um, verse 9, and say, he says, there's a lad here who has got five loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many? For me, I see a movement. There's a bit of a movement here from Philip, which who suggested that oh, there's nothing we can do. And now I see a bit of movement where Andrew says, oh, there's, some, we, there's one boy here who has got a happy meal, who's holding his own happy meal here, but we don't know what we can do with this. And so that movement from no deal to say, ah, there's something which we got here. I don't know, we, maybe we can, you can do something here. Next verse. So, now that someone is beginning to make sense, someone is, they've been seeing miracles all along, all day, all day. Now, this is now evening now. And, someone is beginning to think, and I get, I think Jesus must have been disappointed with with his disciples, to say, after we've been doing all this all day, you still don't get it. You still don't get it that we can still work miracles. They must have been disappointed to say, after I've been spending the whole day with you, we have seen all this, but when it comes to the needs of the people, the daily needs of people, you think, I can't do this. People are hungry. I've been healing this, I've been healing the sick. Now he's seen that oh it's, it's it's people are hungry, I must just go out. You send them away. So for me, I was saying Jesus took the the. The happy meal from this little boy. And he blessed it. It says to me, the little things which we have, if given in the hands of Jesus, if they are given to Jesus, there is potential. There is potential for a miracle. Even a small thing, just as small as this child, this little boy's Happy Meal. But the little boy was prepared to give it. The little boy was prepared to give that which he had. And according to the scripture here, the little boy gave everything. You know, you could have said, I can give you one fish and i keep the other fish. Or you could have said, can I give you the three loaves and I keep the other two. But the little boy gave him everything which he had. And I, I think it's because he had been seeing what was happening in this place. He had been seeing the Lord at work. And when Jesus says, can I have this, she had no hesitation. I mean, the little boy had no hesitation but to give him everything. And guess what happened with this? Jesus starts by saying, okay, everyone sits down. Everyone must sit down. Everyone must sit down now. When the disciples thought, this is time for benediction. Now we're supposed to go. You've You've been at it for a long time. Jesus says, everyone must sit down in groups. Um he blessed that little which had been presented to him. He blessed that little which was presented to him. And after that blessing, we know that the multitude fed on this. What um, what I want to highlight from, from this passage is that We all got talents, we all got talents, we all got small packs which we have. In a way, all of us, you and me, are this little boy. We are this little boy, we've got this pack of yours which you have prepared for yourself for the day. You have got this pack which you can do what you want with it, it's yours. But Jesus says, can I have your pack? Can I have those talents of yours? Can I have your time? Your skills? And it's up to us to say, what can we do? We can either give him this little piece of this and that. But like we're saying, if you find a great pearl. It will not be difficult for you to give everything. What happened after he had given to the Lord? There was multiplication. This little boy must have been enjoying himself, watching what was going on here from his pack. There was no food in this desert until he took my pack. There was nothing in this place until Jesus took hold of my pack. Um Now in Jesus' hands there was multipl- multiplication, multiplication, until people ate and there was leftovers. The leftovers I'm sure they gave this little boy some of these baskets. He says, "Here's a basket for you." So from this parable, the law of the leftovers from the little part, the little packet which you can give to Jesus. So if you cannot give, I understood that if you cannot give, you cannot embrace the kingdom. You cannot embrace the kingdom. The same way as the rich young ruler could not embrace the kingdom. And the only request which Jesus had to him, he says, "What, good teacher, what must I do to get to enter into the kingdom? Jesus says, just do the law. Just do everything which you have been said in the law. Go give. Uh, uh, go obey the laws and do all these things. He says, no, I've done all those things. The rich young ruler's test was, oh, just go and give. And come and follow me. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. So, if we cannot give sacrificially, we cannot embrace the kingdom. We cannot embrace the kingdom. Pastor Sam says, once you get in the kingdom zone, nothing about you becomes ordinary. He says, once you get in the kingdom zone, nothing about you becomes, ordi- nothing about you becomes ordinary. He says, before, the, before the, the kingdom zone, a lot of effort produces little. But once you are in the kingdom zone, a little about you multiplies. A little effort multiplies. He gave examples about the road of Moses. In his hands, before the burning bush, it was an ordinary road. The same road which Moses had, the same road after the burning bush, now in the kingdom zone. After the burning bush, the same rod overcame overthrew Egypt. So the things which we have in our hands, ordinary as they may be, when they are given to the Lord, when they are given to the Lord, they overthrow dominions. They overthrow the kingdom of the enemy. The little Happy meal pack which we have in our hands. Nothing is ordinary again in the kingdom zone which we are in now. The kingdom is now, isn't it? The kingdom is now. We're not waiting for it to come. So, But the little which we have can overthrow territories and kingdoms. Nothing is ordinary again. The little boy... Uh, boy David with the the, the sling. It is just an ordinary sling, yes. But in the hands of the Lord, in the kingdom zone, once you get in the kingdom zone, it gets amplified. It gets amplified. So we are saying, when we get in the kingdom zone, there's nothing ordinary about us anymore. Anything about us Everything about us, anything that is given to the Lord, Jesus blesses and after blessing it, it multiplies. What is my prayer today? My prayer is that I, I will be able to trust the Lord with the little things that I have. That I can trust him. That he will multiply these things and bless other people. That there will be leftovers. Leftovers which is much more than what I had given to him. So in our individual lives, when we trust the Lord, when we trust the Lord with the things that we have, we trust him with everything that we have, he will bless it. The same way he blessed the meal for this young boy. So my prayer for myself is that God, can I see the kingdom so clearly that I will be able to sell everything and buy this? And be able to trust the Lord that there will be leftovers. That there will be a lot of leftovers after feeding multitudes. After feeding multitudes. So, sacrificial giving says when Jesus suggests something, even if there is don't wait for a need. Don't wait for it to be a need. Jesus suggests something you pick up and you do it. No excuses. No excuses. Because there is a lot of... It. You can have excuses. Um, so, I think with this